Hi everyone, it's the Tuesday Afternoon Podcast with Mitch. This is episode four. If you've missed episodes one, two, or three, you haven't really missed anything. So welcome. Thank you for joining me. Let's start to, I don't know what to talk about today. I don't know what to talk about. I am at a loss. I don't want to talk about Trump because, um, you know, it's enough already. It's going to continue. The investigation is going to continue. We're going to hear more. There's going to be more news. And it's going to be helpful. Um, but, uh, well, my house is just about done. We've been getting work, getting work done on our house for since October. Now, our contractor, nice guy, he's not particularly, I don't want to say he's incompetent, but he's got some issues. And um, all we were doing was the siding, the windows. You know what? I'm thinking as I'm saying this, I'm telling you guys about this, and I, it's, I, I don't, it's not interesting. The world doesn't care about the work getting done on my house. I get it. So what should we talk about today? Meditation. My wife is into a new meditation program. It's called Mind Valley. I can't remember the name of the guy who's kind of into it. It's based on this method called the Silva method. Again, I think I told you before, I'm not really that into meditation methods per se. Um, but I try different things. You know, I, I think meditation is what I've talked about it here on the podcast. I think meditation is what for me doesn't just center me, but it, 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 it allows me to connect with myself, to remember who I am because I have completely fucking forgotten. I don't know who I am. And it's not in the sense that I don't know who Mitch is or I don't know what, you know, what I'm all about. It's that I have forgotten. I've talked about this before. I don't want to dwell on it too much now. But I've forgotten over the years what I like. I don't like anything. Um, all based starts in the career, but I realize it's much deeper than that. And it's not like clinical depression, anything like that, where I don't find joy in anything. I find joy in many things. I find joy in my marriage. I find joy, unspeakable joy in my son. I find joy. I started out with this saying my house is being worked on and what a blessing. And it's, 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 it's almost done. And I find just wonderful joy in, in that. And, um, but in my work, I have never found joy. And when I was younger, when I was a kid, I was in second grade and I, my sister was in school shows. She did school shows every year. We had school shows. I was at Spruance Elementary School in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, and I, and, you know, my sister was older. She got to do stuff I wanted to do. You did the school show after, after school. And these were not like 
like nonsense shows. They were back in the day, in the 70s, it was Fiddler on the Roof. It was, you know, shows that were Broadway shows. So my sister did it. I said, I'm, you know, she's doing it. I'm going to do it. So I joined the school show the first, first, that first year in second grade. And I loved it, right? I loved that feeling of being on stage. I was only in the chorus that first year, which means I rarely got on stage. I stood in this, on these steps. There were about six or eight steps that were in the auditorium. It was, it was, I don't know if it was a big auditorium. It seemed big. I was a little kid, though, so it may not have been that big, but it seemed big. I think back then they built big auditoriums in schools. We didn't have multi-purpose rooms like they have today, I don't think. So I'm standing, and, and, and there, were, there was all of us kids, young kids, crammed onto these six steps that were connected to a double door that connected to a hallway. And that hallway at that time became this miraculous place during show nights. It became this pseudo pre-backstage area. And then normally during the school year, it was just a regular hallway, like every other hallway. But the, this time, it was this remarkable, just super cool, dark, slightly lit, just miraculous place that wasn't quite backstage, but was almost backstage. I can remember it like it was yesterday, and we're talking we're talking 40-some-odd years ago. So, um, and I remember being on those steps during rehearsals, being in the chairs during rehearsals. I remember being on the stage. There's a reason I'm telling you this, so just, that doesn't just to do a trip down memory lane. So I remember to be, I mean, it is, but that's not the only reason for it. So I remember being on the stage and feeling this un indescribable joy, that true, real feeling of there's nowhere I'd rather be. This is where I want to be. I loved it. And as a kid, you don't give a shit, right? You don't think about money. You don't think about, at least here in the U.S., where we have things, right? It might be different for a kid growing up in a third world country um, or growing up even here in the U.S. in poverty, but, uh, you know, I, I, I can't say I had a difficult childhood and I was very blessed, very fortunate. And I'm very thankful for that. And, and I don't want to be so arrogant to think that every kid has this opportunity because every kid doesn't. But irrespective, here, in that moment that I can remember back, I, it was truly a, a zen moment uh, to the extent that a little kid can have a zen moment. Every moment. I couldn't get enough of it. And uh, opening night, it was just this amazing experience you'd be in this classroom which again seemed like the most amazing place in the world and the classroom during regular class hours was the awfulest place i hated school boring as shit day in day out could not stand elementary school middle school high school just the biggest waste of my time it was important but it was boring i didn't enjoy it but I did enjoy this experience. Um, you know, the, the, and everybody, the moms are all there because back then um, in the 70s and probably even before that, only the moms could show up for this. God forbid a dad would show up to help with this stuff um, back then. But um, they're putting the makeup on to get you ready for the show. And it was just a magical electric space. And then opening night happened. And again, I'm just in the chorus. I'm singing with the other kids. And, and there was something extraordinary about it. And then subsequently, the next year I got a part. The next year I got a part. I was in this. And, and, and each year it got better. It got more incredible. Now, then comes my last year. It was fifth grade. 
and I go to an audition for a dinner theater. Well, first, first, let me back up. First, I auditioned for the show in fifth grade, and I think I should get a lead part. I'm like, I deserve it. I've been in this in second grade. I've got seniority. I've got, I should get the lead part. But I never had, you know, back then you didn't get singing lessons. You didn't get, there were dance schools, but I wasn't interested. Um, so I went and sang for the teacher who I knew, you know, these past couple of years. And she said to me, you sing like a horse, but I don't put you in anyway. And I remember that was the dumbest thing. I used to love this teacher. And I always thought I did love her until years later. And I thought about what she had said. So it, it was, it was like, and I did sing terribly, but who cares? I was a kid. Why would you say that to a kid? You know, it was like dropping a hammer on me, on, on, on my spirit at that age. Irrespective, not going to dwell on that. Um, didn't get the part I wanted. I got a shitty part, but I still got a part which I was mad about, but that's a whole other story. Still electric, still magical, magical experience being on stage. I knew this is what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be an actor. I knew I wanted to be on stage. I, I, I knew this. When, at one point, there was, they had talked about there was a dinner theater in our area somewhere. And they said there are, there are auditions dinner theater audition. So I'm going to go. I want to do it. Did the dinner theater audition. I was sure I was going to get cast. Did my audition. I sang the song from Oklahoma, the, the play Oklahoma. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down the rain and the waving wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind blah, 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 blah. So um, needless to say, I did not get cast. And again, as a kid, I was, as a kid, you get devastated for 20 minutes and then you move on with your life. But sometimes I guess that stuff sticks with you. So I didn't get the part, but you know what? Back then I didn't know what to do. I didn't know you go get singing lessons, you go get dance lessons. My parents, amazing, always encouraged me to do whatever I want, but they didn't know. They didn't know from that kind of thing. So I didn't know you had to get better to go get cast, you know, so we didn't do any of that. So I, then we moved to Cherry Hill, New Jersey, when I was sixth grade, and there was no, um, there was no theater program in elementary school. There were fucking multi-purpose rooms. There was no, uh, uh, you know, there was no auditorium. There was no theater program. There was none of it. And again, we didn't think. I knew I loved it. We didn't think though to do anything. We didn't think to go beyond school. It just didn't enter our consciousness. I just, I just missed it. I just missed, I just missed it. Um, theater, basically, for those years. I tried soft, I tried Little League, I tried soccer, I hated them. I didn't hate them, I just sucked at them. Uh, but it just wasn't for me. But anyway, so we go through that. Sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, didn't do anything. Ninth grade, to get into high school. And I had taken different acting classes. I started, I think I had discovered acting classes by this point. Um, I auditioned for a play in high school. It was uh, Christmas Carol, and I wanted to be Scrooge because I was so certain of myself, even as a freshman, that I was going to get this part. I didn't get the part, obviously, because I couldn't sing. Well, actually, we didn't do a musical. We did the regular one. Um, but I got like a little part, which I, I didn't like that. And... Um, and then uh, I was mad. And then because I got that. And then I did a one-act play where I did get a lead part. And for whatever reason, with my young arrogance and, and whatever, I didn't, I didn't do another 
audition in high school. I didn't do any other shows in high school after my freshman year, which was unfortunate. I always want, I really wanted to also go to Philadelphia. We're living in New Jersey, but I wanted to go to the High School of Performing Arts. It's all I could think about. Didn't think, but I didn't, I didn't do it. I didn't, I didn't chase after it. I didn't bother my parents. I didn't do it. And then there's a, there's a moral to the story, I promise. There's a reason I'm, I'm telling this. That has to do with what I was talking about earlier, but we're just not there yet. Um, so, so just be patient. Just bear with me. So anyway, I, um, I went through all of high school. I took, did take singing lessons a little bit when I was 16. I did take acting lessons outside of high school. Um, when I got into college I should have been wanted to be a theater major for for God's sakes I went to New York University one of the best theater and film schools in the country but I did not I did not do theater I didn't do film and that's all I wanted and I, I loved college but hated what I studied I was an Asian studies major and I like love Asian culture that's why I did it um, but it wasn't what I really wanted but I was still all these years so certain all I wanted to be was an actor. Certain, a theater, a film actor, kind of dabbled, kind of tried. Anyway, to make a long story longer, I'm living in Las Vegas, doing a lot of extra work because there were a lot of movies at the time in Las Vegas, Can't really wanting a part in my mid-20s or late 20s, I'm not sure now, doing some local theater. And I'm noticing something's happening, right? I'm not enjoying it. I'm not enjoying being on stage. I'm actually disliking it. I'm angry on stage. I did this show called Laughter on the 23rd Floor, which is a comedy. It's hard to be funny when you're angry, but it was, you know, it was my job. And I did a good job in that play. I, I, I it was, felt like I, I did a good job, um, but I didn't like it. I couldn't figure it out. What's going on here? Why don't I like, I love, this is all I ever wanted. You know, but because it wasn't, I think part of it was it wasn't real. I wasn't on Broadway. It was a little off, you know, it's called the Off-Broadway Theater, a little tiny community theater in Las Vegas. You know, and I did the did the part, did, did it, and I, I was unhappy. Then moved back to New Jersey years later. And still not over it, though. Can't let it go. Can't let, couldn't let the acting bug go. And I went to do... I was working as an IT director at a local college. And was I work? I don't, might not have been the IT director yet. I'm not sure. Might have been a little bit before that. I went and auditioned for a part, for an understudy part, for a musical. And I had had singing lessons, like extensive singing lessons now. Um, and I had and acted that much, but I had these extensive... Oh, wait, wait, before that... Oh, no, 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 I'm mixing things up. I'm sorry. But I had these for a, called The Big Bang. It was a funny musical. And it was an understudy. And uh, it was a small theater, but it wasn't a community theater. It was like a small regional theater. I got cast as the understudy. It was a two-person show. And needless to say, I never got to perform it. Never just came to fruition. But it was a fun experience. And I wasn't, didn't know how to do dance stuff. I wasn't trained in dance and I, you know, I never properly learned the dance moves and everything, but that's neither here nor there. But I still remember those experiences. It wasn't fun anymore. It didn't feel good. It was difficult. 
you know, it was time consuming. Um, and then I think just prior to that, now I think about it, for two years, while I was, I was studying to be a cantor, I wasn't an IT director yet, I became an IT director at this place I was working, this Jewish studies college. I was studying to be a cantor, a guy who sings in the synagogue at this Jewish studies college. I didn't really like that either. Um, and I, on the weekends, I was working on a play called Tony and Tina's Wedding in Philadelphia. And I was playing really good part, one of the lead parts, and it was never fun. And every weekend was a little bit of a grind. And I could not understand what all this meant, what I dreamed about my whole life. I seemed to be making progress toward it, but I wasn't enjoying it. It was, I was struggling through it. And then Tony and Tina's, I finally quit because it was becoming too, too much of a hassle. And the thing was, what really was upsetting me, I think, why it really was painful, it was nowhere, as much as I might have been moving in the right direction, it was nowhere near being there. It was nowhere near making feature films, real feature films. I was nowhere near Broadway. It was these small theaters. I was thinking small, feeling small, being small, unhappy. Anyway, fast forward 20 years, uh, 25 years, which is what, let me stop one time, go back for a second. After I finished The Big Bang, the musical, after I walked away from that, I was, I would say two months after that, I got kidney cancer. I was diagnosed with kidney cancer. I had the most terrifying experience of my life. Now, the only reason I knew I had this, fortunately for me, it was stage one. It was completely curable. They just remove it, basically. No chemo, no anything like that. And thank God I'm, my health is perfect. So many years later, it'll be perfect forever. But uh, I'm just going to stop for one second because I got somebody coming upstairs to bother me. Probably my kid. Hold on. Okay, sorry about that delay. For a moment there, my son had came up to my studio, which is no studio. It's my bedroom where I'm doing this. And I didn't want him on the here. And, uh, but it did give me a chance to stop for a second, take a breath, because I was getting a little heavy. And it reminded me that one of the things I want to start doing in my podcast is ads. I hope to eventually read my own ads that are people supporting this podcast. So until I get real ads, I figure I'll do bullshit ads. And I'll do them with uh, perhaps no enthusiasm. So let's do one. Trader Joe's Cheerios are not called Cheerios. It's called Trader Joe's O's. Go buy Trader Joe's O's. They taste like Cheerios. They have no flavor. They taste like nothing. And I don't really understand why Cheerios even became popular. They're, they're, not, they're loaded with sugar, but they're not sweet. And I don't get it. But you could spend less, $1.99, and get the same tasteless Cheerios from Trader Joe's O's. So go get those today at your local Trader Joe's. Back to the story. So anyway, now the reason, I'm, the, what, what's important about the kidney story or the kidney cancer story 
is that from my perspective, and I, I, I'm certain this is true, um, I had a, usually with kidney cancer, people don't have symptoms until it's too late. Um, but if you get symptoms, it's totally curable. Me, my symptoms were quite disgusting. It was urine, uh, blood in my urine, which is a terrifying thing to see. Um, but that usually doesn't happen right away. And I mean, there was a lot of it there. It was scary as hell. But fortunately, it did happen. The tumor bled, and which alerted me to go to the doctor, go to the hospital, then go to the doctor subsequently, get the kidney removed, and be cured. And I truly believe that the only reason that that happened, that I was blessed to get that wonderfully terrifying symptom, was because in that rare span of time right before it happened, even though I was miserable and I was stressed about doing what I love to do, I was doing it. I was singing, I was dancing, and it was a funny time. And I was, I was actually, even though I can't, didn't do the dance moves, I was killing it. I was really doing well in that experience that I'd never had that before. And I truly believe that helped heal me and I help, think that helped heal me from three, three and a half decades of the time of lots of stress about wanting to be an actor and not being an actor. Anyway, there's that part of the story. I wish I would have gotten that all in part one because this is really part two. So now we fast forward. I'm 53 years old, going to be 54 in December, many years later. And I still haven't achieved what I want as an actor. I've had, I've gone to film school for a while, online film school, which I don't recommend, by the way. Um, especially, it was graduate online film school, which made it a little more expensive and got me a little more in debt. And I did it for two semesters before I got married. Um, I, I, you know, I do social media now. I've had a couple of careers. Now I kind of have a half-assed career as a, as a journalist. I mean, it's something I'm proud of. It's probably the career I'm most proud of, but it's, but it's half-assed and that I'm not giving it my heart and soul. And I do a lot of meditation. That's how I'm getting back to where we started. And, you know, in, in this meditation, I've asked the question, right? Why do I not like to do anything? And especially, why, do, why did all those years that I was acting, not to dwell on it, but to think about moving forward, doing what I thought I loved, and even now I still think about it. I never think you're too never think you're too old to do anything because you're not, and I don't ever think I am. Like I, I still desperately want to act in a movie. Um, really want to do a Broadway show, and I haven't acted in a long time. And I and I even on social media I think of. And I've kind of toyed with it, with doing some 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 skits and things on my TikTok account, where is where I have the most people. But like, but when I think about it, I, I don't like it. Like I think to myself, like, what what is this? Like, and, and then I when I took that a step thir- further, and I think about all the things that I do, so many things that I don't enjoy anymore, and. Like, what is going on with me? How is it that I can love something or think that I love it, think that I really don't want to do anything else, right? But then 
not like it when I'm doing it. And I mean, I think we all have these kinds of struggles, these juxtapositions, these things that don't make sense in our lives. This is one of mine. Um, and, and let me take it one step further. How can I, I know that the, the process of acting, singing and dancing saved my life. I know it shifted me spiritually. I know it shifted my body chemistry. Um, and it allowed me to have that symptom that allowed me to get the medical attention I needed and allowed me to live, to have the amazing situation I have now. A wife, a child, a beautiful, beautiful home. Uh, well, it's becoming beautiful now that we're working on it. Um, family, friends, travel, you know, so many things. So I, I, this is what, I guess, talking about meditation, this is what I put into my meditation um, lately every day. And I had this moment a couple days ago where I almost had an anxiety attack. I was like meditating and it seemed like there was nothing I liked any in any area of my life in the meditation. It was overwhelming. It was an overwhelming feeling. It was almost terror. And I, I, I took a deep breath. I got up. I went downstairs, talked to my wife a little bit. You <laughs> can't just to calm myself down and meditated a little more on it later. It, it turns out that I was also um, following a lot of politics that week. There was a lot of bad energy. Not that politics is all bad energy, but there's a lot of bad energy in my spirit. And it contributed to to this feeling of I don't I don't like anything. I don't want to do anything. Um, but then as I went deeper and as I meditated, I started to come to realize that growing up as a performer and basically being a child performer who wasn't a successful one, but was a child performer, because it's all I cared about as a kid. Even though I didn't do it all the time, it's all I cared about as a teenager. Even though I didn't always do it as an adult, it's all I cared about for most of my adult life. Growing up as a performer, all I knew how to do was perform. And I took that effort, I took that um, habit, and I applied it to every area of my life, whether it was within the confines of my family, whether it was certainly on social media. Um, I used to do a podcast about politics, and that podcast had to be so polished and practiced and everything else. Um, it was a performance. Everything was a performance. Being a son to my parents, being a brother to my sister, uh, a husband to my wife, a father to my son, being a half-assed, you know, uh, guy with, you know, who works from home for himself and a half-assed stay-at-home dad. I performed those functions. And then when I didn't like the way with sort of the stay-at-home dad part of my life, it's, it felt embarrassing and everything else. So I would perform to be something else. And I came to realize through meditation that that effort of performing was so exhausting and so profound. And there was never a break. It's not that I hated what I was doing. It's that I hated performing every minute of my life. And then when I went back and I thought about it, and I meditated on when I was a, when acting started to become painful, when I was a young adult, um, or even 
in high school when I would get that, got that first part that I didn't like, it's because I stopped acting. I started performing. I started trying to become something or someone that those who would give me what I want would like. So they would give me what I would like. Even with singing, for years I had singing lessons and I never performed singing. Well, I did a little bit, but not not consistently. It took me years before I even tried. And there was singing high notes was so hard for me. And singing, as much as I love it, was such a struggle. And I realized that it was never just singing. I was always trying to perform, to imitate who were the great singers, whether I was studying opera. And the difference is the sound. Like, listen to the difference in the sound. Like, um, I don't know. There's a song called Caro Mio Ben, right? So this probably sounds better. Caro Mio Ben. But there, and I'm not really singing it strong, but I'm trying to be a singer, right? I'm trying to add sound that makes it better to me as opposed to Caro Mio Ben. Credi mio main, which is just my voice. And I don't like that sound. And that sound's not good enough for me. So I tried to perform it. And I'm realizing now, through the effort of meditation, that, and in meditation, why it works for me is the stuff just comes to me. The answers just pop up. I don't have to do therapy. You know, I can, you know, for a long time and talk through it. It just pops, to, pops up to me that all of my life, I've been a performer and I've been performing everything. And that's insane. And that as I move forward with my life, with, I, with my, one of the reasons I'm doing this podcast, as I mentioned before, is I just want to be myself. And I, whoever the fuck that is, I don't know who that is. I'm learning that now at this age. I don't know what I am. I don't know who I am. And I am excited and relieved to take the pressure off myself to discover it. And, and I hope, I, of course I hope, a million, billion, gazillion, trillion, billion people listen to my podcast and it becomes something that I can make money with and it's lucrative and it's popular and it helps people and all that other shit. I hope that. But I hope too, and this is the thing that I can control. I can't control that. But what I can control is if this podcast if my social media areas now, if all the ways that I express myself to the world, if I just be, use as an opportunity to figure out who I am, not performing, not prepared, not putting on a show. Um, like if I sing in the podcast just with my regular voice, as shitty as I think that voice is, and I learn to love it, then this is what I got to get out of it. And for you, you know, I don't, I, I get very anxious when I start telling people what I think they should do with their lives. And I try not to do that. I don't want to do that. But if you've listened for this long, I, I, I think I'm, I'm not, you understand that I'm not telling you what to do if you've stuck around for this long in this podcast. But I think for you, whether it be through, if, you, if you're struggling with anything, whether it be through meditation or whatever it is that you do, whether it's binge watching Netflix or, or exercise or all of that or gardening or eating excessive amounts of, uh, I don't know, brown beans and farting your troubles away. 
for several hours, whatever it is that you got to do. Um, you know, just be open to realizing that everything you've always thought might not really be correct or a lot of the things that you always thought might not be correct. There might be changes that maybe simple changes that you can make in your life that are simply based on rethinking what you all what you always have known. I know that's very vague. Um, it may not mean anything, but I think it does. So I'm going to finish up today's podcast, Tuesday afternoon podcast with that. I did not, once again, I didn't think I was going to go down this particular rabbit hole, but I, I don't ever know where I'm going when I start this, unless there's like a lot of political crazy shit going on and we're going to be talking politics like we did last week with, with, um, with what was happening with uh, the Trump subpoena and, um, you know, the search warrant and all that other stuff. But, um, but other, you know, if there's not anything major happening in the world that I think needs to be addressed in some capacity, I, I don't really know where I'm going with this. So thanks for sticking with me. And check me out on social. You know, um, I, I don't remember. I'm Mitch Ivan 7 on TikTok, at uh, Mitch Ivan on Twitter. Instagram, I haven't been doing too much of, so don't go over there. I mean, go there, but I don't have it. I don't have too much content up there. But um, but uh, let's 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 just keep going. I'll see you next Tuesday, and thank you so truly so much for this is a chunk of time. If you're still with me, and I I I, I appreciate that you took this much time to spend with me. See you. Have a great rest of the week.